Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. What's up everyone, welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. I'm your host Mike Morrison, one half of the Membership Guys. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me. If you're looking for advice and tips on growing your membership business, you are in the right place. Today, I'm talking about whether or not you should allow your competitors to join your membership. It's a funny topic, this one. Nine times out of ten, when this subject comes up and when this question is asked, we see a lot of people respond with a resounding no. There is no chance in hell that they would ever let a competitor join their membership. A lot of that reasoning, when you dig down into it, usually comes from fear. Fear that their competitor will copy their content. Fear that their competitor will learn and then steal their super secret tactics. Fear that those competitors will try to poach their members. Now, these things absolutely do happen. There's no bones about it. It's happened to us a bunch of times. But that doesn't mean that every competitor who joins your membership site is going to behave that way. In fact, you know, if somebody wanted to spy on you or steal your content, they'd probably be a little savvier about doing it. They'd join your site under a fake name, or they'd have a partner join or a client join. You can't really do anything about that unless you're going to interrogate each and every member about their intentions and watch them like a hawk. <laughs> Chances are, it's already happened to you without you realizing it. It might even be happening right now. How's that to stoke up the paranoid amongst you? <laughs> Honestly, our mindset has always been to try to collaborate rather than compete. In fact, a lot of our biggest achievements in the decade or so that we've been in business came from collaborations, especially back when we were running our agency. We did a lot of business networking and the particular network we were part of really championed the idea of collaboration between competitors. And that's something that we very much learned the benefits of. And we enjoyed a lot of success from collaborating with other agencies. There are real positives that can come from others in your field joining your membership. So don't instantly reject the idea of someone coming on board because you know someone joins your membership there's a potential that maybe you could get to know each other and potentially team up and create training material for your community maybe they could even become part of your faculty maybe they don't want to run a membership perhaps they are in the same market and they're a competitor in the sense that they are another expert in the field but they have no intention of putting in the time and the work to create a product that actually competes with yours so maybe they could contribute instead scottsbaselessons.com which again we talked about a bunch of times it was a membership we were very heavily involved in they basically used competitors, other bass guitar teachers and experts and industry figures. They actually got those guys on board to become part of their faculty, to create workshops and to do seminars for their membership. Even if you don't take things that far, having another expert voice in your community only adds to your value proposition. Think about it this way. If somebody knows that they can get access to you and to this other guy, this other person, inside your membership, that makes them more likely to join, right? So even if your competitor has their own product, if they hang around inside yours, it makes yours 
more attractive. They get two for the price of one. Now, that person who's joining your site might actually be there because they don't consider themselves a competitor. Maybe they actually look up to you. Maybe they are there to learn from you. To them, you are the big expert up on the pedestal. It's hard to gauge sometimes how we're perceived by others. So we might look at someone as a direct competitor who's on our level, but they might think that they're way, way, way down the pecking order. And so they're joining your site as a student, not as a peer. And that actually might open up new possibilities for your membership. That might actually expose the opportunity for you to teach other experts in your field how to run their business, how to market themselves. That could be a separate membership or a course. You could become the expert's expert following that teach the teacher model. Again, you're not going to know this if you close yourself off to the possibility of others in your field joining your membership. And those people might not want to be competitors. As we said, they may have no intention of selling a product that competes with yours or competing with you in any way for your audience's time, money, and attention. Now, maybe they're putting out free content, podcasts, blogs, and so on that compete with your free content. But perhaps it makes more sense for them, rather than to create a competing product, to instead become an affiliate for your site and to leverage their free stuff to make commissions from sending people your way rather than building their own membership. That happens a lot. In fact, we have people inside Membership Academy who do that. They put out some content about memberships, but their call to action is not for a competing product. Their call to action is for people to come to our site and to join the Academy. So we get members that we otherwise might not have reached, and they make a commission to reward them, essentially for spreading the word and for putting in the time and effort to write content that drives people our way. So this is all to say that there's all sorts of potential positives that can come from adjusting your attitude on competitors and making sure you're not closing yourself off to the notion of supporting the idea of others in your field joining your membership. Ultimately, if you have others in your industry doing good work, and if you can collaborate to do great things, then everyone wins. As the saying goes, a rising tide lifts all boats. And it's important to remember that people don't join your membership, listen to your podcast, read your blog, and so on, just because you are the only voice putting stuff out. They're not just joining because of the stuff, not just because of the content. They connect with you because they like you. They like your way of doing things, your way of communicating, your way of teaching. So yes, the things you're saying, the content you provide are important, but what makes it truly unique What is the thing that no one could compete with is your particular take, your specific approach, your manner of doing things, the trust that you built with people because of how you conduct yourself. Nobody can compete with that. It's not about being the absolute best or having the best content because that's subjective. One person's treasure is another person's trash. So you might have the best content for one guy, but actually someone else who comes along who just doesn't like you they're not going to have the same opinion. The world's a very big place. Even the online business space, it's a huge place. There's enough for everyone. And it's not like you can lock your members or your audience in a room somewhere and cut them off from anyone else who might be in your industry to totally shut down the possibility that they'll ever hear a voice, an opinion, read a blog, join a membership, 
see a viewpoint that hasn't come from you. And chances are you're not the only person that they're following. They're going to be following a handful of people in your field. They're going to be reading all sorts of different viewpoints, consuming all sorts of different content. Maybe they're going to be in multiple memberships. You can't prevent that, nor should you try to. So again, this is all to say that competitors should not be feared. And even if you take a more adversarial viewpoint of your competitors, you need to recognize and realize that your audience are already exposed to these people. So they're not going to suddenly up and leave your membership at the discovery that, oh, wow, there's another person talking about this topic. They know that already, and yet they have chosen to join your membership. So if you see a competitor, somebody else in your field joining your membership, your default response should not be to hit the panic button. And honestly, you know, if that person is conscientious enough, if they're savvy or tactful enough, they'll know that maybe them joining will have flagged on your radar that maybe you'll be a little worried about their intentions. And so they'll reach out to you. And if they don't, then one of the best things you can do is to actually reach out to them. Just say hello. Tell them that you spotted that they joined. That's it. Just a friendly hello to show that you don't have fangs. You don't have an issue with them being there. And if they've joined your membership with nothing but positive intentions, as we talked about before, maybe they joined because actually they look up to you. Maybe they've joined just because they are very much all about the spirit of collaboration and they're hoping that they can connect with you and make some good stuff happen. If they have those positive intentions, they're going to welcome you reaching out to them with open arms. They're going to engage and hopefully good things will come from that. But if they have joined with unscrupulous purposes, if they've joined to poach, if they've joined to steal, to copy, to spy, then actually you reaching out and saying hi and kind of being positive that's a little bit of a, a shot across the bow right because if they are here to spy on you and to steal all your content they're probably already a little bit paranoid about being caught so if they get a message from you you're basically telling them that you're on the ball enough to spot that they've joined, that you know that they're there. And so maybe that's going to dissuade them from doing anything they shouldn't be. We need to remember as well, there's a big difference between competitors and copycats. And there are definitely telltale signs of which is which. So is this person consuming, if they join your site, are they consuming a lot of your content, as in a strangely high amount of your content? Like as, as a competitor joined and gone through 20 of your courses in one day. This is where having site tracking tools, so the likes of Active Campaign, they actually have the ability to, to record, to log the pages that individual members view on your site. So having those sorts of tools in place is actually useful for being able to have that quick little check on what's going on. Of course, you know, you want to watch out for any overtly promotional activity in your community. If you, if you have a forum where you enable people to add a little signature that maybe says something about them or links to something, again, you want to keep an eye, make sure they're not, you know, putting something like, Hey, if you're reading this, you're inside Bob's membership. Bob's membership sucks. If you want a better membership, come join John's membership. Yeah, you want to keep an eye out for that. Uh, likewise, in a Facebook group, one thing that uh, you'll actually see a lot 
when you do have uh, either competing people or, or people who are acting in the way that they shouldn't to try and poach, there'll be a lot of things like, I've just PM'd you. I'll send you a PM. Make sure to PM me. That's an attempt to move the conversation out from under your gaze so that they can potentially try and tap that person up. So again, keep an eye out for that. Um, so yeah. These kind of red flags are, are definite telltale signs that someone's there to be a bit dodgy. They're not there in the spirit of collaboration or whatever. And again, a lot of that stuff around the uh, engagement in the community, the way in which they engage. If you're using forum software, you'll usually be able to see whether that person is sending private messages to your members. Now, you won't be able to read them and you shouldn't be able to read them for privacy reasons. However, you'll be able to at least see that they're sending private messages. Again, that can be a red flag, especially if they've never posted in your community. Someone's not even introduced themselves to your community. However, they have an inbox full of private messages. Something's going on there. And yeah, maybe you want to look into it. So don't take a default negative view of your competitors. Um, but, you know, keep your wits about you, right? You've got to trust your gut on these things. Not everyone, even if you follow the spirit of collaboration and you want to see the best in everyone and all that, not everyone is going to uh, share the same sort of mindset, the same sort of approach. So this is, again, really all to say that by default, you shouldn't panic, you shouldn't be scared, you shouldn't shut down the notion of competitors, but be smart about it. You know, that it doesn't mean that you shouldn't just keep an eye on them, look out for red flags. And if you get a bad feeling about what someone's up to in your community, then it usually is worth trusting that and at least looking into things further. I've got a little story actually about something recently that reinforces the importance of trusting your gut when stuff like this happens. So back in January 2018, someone joined the Academy, Membership Academy, and everyone who joins Membership Academy goes through a little onboarding process in which we have a, a questionnaire. There's only two or three questions. It's mainly about how they found us, uh, why they've joined, what their main goals are and stuff like that. And in their new member questionnaire, this person told us that they were a coach and they wanted to create a program which teaches people how to start a membership site. And specifically, they wanted to use our material as part of that program. Now, when we're talking about red flags, that's a huge red flag. They are outright telling us they are here to steal from us and to then basically sell and make money from our content, our intellectual property. That's a deal breaker. I instantly canceled their account, refunded their money and told them in no uncertain terms why I'd done so. That just doesn't fly. However, this person then replied saying oh, it was a misunderstanding. English actually wasn't her first language, so maybe she hadn't explained herself properly. What she actually is doing is she's starting a membership where she's training therapists and she wants to use our material to help her to create that membership. And so, you know, that's, after all, isn't that what our membership is about, helping you to create a membership? She didn't want to sell our material. She wasn't here to compete with us. She was just here to use our material to help her create a membership within her own space. So the language barrier, maybe that, maybe she just hadn't expressed herself properly. And uh, yeah, we checked her out. So we looked at her website and everything we could find on this person online did back up what she was saying about the fact she was a coach who specialized in helping 
therapists. So the gut feeling was that, yeah, okay, you can kind of say the language barrier was a, was a reason for miscommunication, but the specific things that she said definitely were, were legit causes of alarm, right? I want to set up a membership to teach people how to start memberships and I want to use your material. But then everything we could find when we're doing research backed up what she was claiming were her actual intentions. So we gave her the benefit of the doubt. We let her join again and that was that. Truth be told, I actually felt quite bad. It had been a a bit of a stressful start to the year. So when I reflected on it, I thought maybe I'd overreacted. Maybe it was a knee-jerk response because literally within minutes of seeing what she'd written in that uh, new member questionnaire, her account was cancelled and that strongly worded email was sent to her. And we're not like that. That's not how we roll, right? And so maybe I thought, okay, you know, I'd be a little stressed. So yeah, I, I, I messed up here. I felt a little rubbish about it. And in fact, I actually put it on my list of ideas for podcast topics. So I keep a running list of uh, topics to talk about in this podcast. Some ideas are on there for years. It's really just about what I'm in the mood to talk about, what I've got recent experiences to talk about, and this, that, and the other. So that idea went on the list, and I was going to record a podcast where I'd be talking about how it's natural to be overprotective of your membership, but you have to be careful not to get paranoid, right? So I think the the title was um, Protective or Paranoid, blah, 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 right? That podcast never materialized, obviously, because I, I just, I couldn't quite round it out. I couldn't quite flesh it out into enough to to be a full episode. But every few months since then, when I've gone to my topics list, I've seen that there and I've been reminded of that situation. And it's it's kind of been my 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 reference point to make sure that any time an issue comes up, I don't jump down someone's throat. It's almost been the thing that has reminded me to see the best in people, right? And to not assume people are joining with negative intentions or whatever. Which is ironic, because last week we spotted a blog article on uh, a, a website run by one of the major WordPress membership plugins that looked a little familiar. So it was published on this membership plugin blog, but it was clear that it was written by a guest contributor. Now, the name didn't ring a bell. Obviously, we we have thousands of people through the doors of the academy. Some people just get on with their own thing. They don't pop up on the radar. And while we know a lot of our members, there's also members who we just don't know by name. And that's no doubt the same for you. So that person's name didn't ring a bell. But there was a lot in the article that seemed to be heavily based on material inside our membership. Now, it's one thing when someone rips off your free content. Like, that's bad enough but it's a whole other kettle of fish when they steal your paid content, right? So we we couldn't get over the fact that you know, the name sort, how could they have got this? This is from our, our membership. So we identified that this person was a member. And when we looked at their history on our website and the content they've been looking at, we could see the pattern. They were looking at something on our site and the, the content that they'd looked at matched up exactly with the the chunks that they'd then taken and put into this 
blog. Some of it was literally just directly copied and pasted. Some of it she changed like a single word in every sentence within a paragraph. Um, she even had screenshots of certain things, which actually turned out to be taken from our courses. So it was it was clear as day what she'd done. Now, this does happen a lot with our free content. It rarely happens with our paid content. The worst bit is people don't always realize they're doing something wrong. They think that if they change a few words or they mix in some of their own stuff with the things that they've just copied from us, that that in some way makes it original. It doesn't. It's still copyright theft. It's still illegal theft of intellectual property and so on. Or, you know, again, sometimes people are naive. They think that because the ideas or the concepts that is in the content they're stealing aren't 100% unique, then that makes it fair game. But again, that's not the case. Ideas aren't what's protected by copyright. It's the expression of those ideas. So if I write an article telling you the answer to two plus two, and if you use my content to make a substantially similar article that expresses the same point in the same order with the same style and idiosyncrasies and all that, it doesn't matter that everyone in the world knows what two plus two equals and that that's not unique. It's still copyright theft. All right. So anyway, this is all to say that sometimes when people steal our content, it's actually from a place of naivety or ignorance rather than uh, 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 unscrupulous, deliberately thieving place, right? That doesn't excuse it, but at least explains it. So initially we thought, okay, maybe this is the case with this member. However, the further we dug, the clearer it became that this just wasn't the case, that the guest article she'd done for this plugin company was only the tip of the iceberg. On this person's website, we found an article which was 90% word-for-word taken directly from one of our cheat sheets inside the academy. She'd copied and pasted, and the 10% that was different was literally, again, just a case of changing one or two words here and there. We then dug deeper. We also found that the lead magnet that she was using to get people to sign up to to her email list was one of our workbooks. There wasn't bits copied and pasted. There were no words changed. It was literally our workbook. But she'd replaced the front cover with one of her own and she swapped our logo for hers. It was literally the same PDF, just with a different cover and our logo swapped out. Now, the thing is, I'm a bit like Liam Neeson in Taken. I have a particular set of skills and if you steal our content, I will find you. One of my skills is an innate ability to find pretty much anything online. So I use those skills to unearth a whole bunch of stuff that showed the the depths of how much this person had been stealing from us. Social media tweets and graphics and all that. There's so much going on that was only uncovered by digging even deeper. One of the things that we unearthed was a video that just so happened to show a glimpse of some content that this person had inside of their paid membership program. And that was when we hit the mother lord of theft. She'd stolen workbooks and course materials from at least half a dozen of our academy courses. Again, like for like. She changed the cover, she changed the logo, but otherwise they were the same PDFs, literally the same. She also took tools like our churn and growth calculator, which again, I created from scratch. She took it from the academy, whacked her logo on that, and put it inside her paid program. And in case you hadn't already connected the dots, the person who had done all of this, and we said the name didn't initially ring a bell, 
The person who did all this was that woman who signed up in 2018 that I kicked out on gut instinct, but that we then led back in after she convinced us that we were mistaken about her intentions. So this is a story that's still unfolding. This is a relatively recent thing. Like I said, we only uncovered this last week. We're actually right on the cusp of taking legal steps. That's the severity of what this person has done. So I'm sure we'll revisit this story in a future episode. Now, it's not the first time someone's stolen from us. Far from it. It's almost a weekly occurrence for someone to regurgitate one of our blogs or our podcasts. We find it happens a lot when someone's actually outsourcing articles for their site. So they're using freelance writers. That's what happens when you're one of the few people publishing regular content on this topic. When people outsource to freelancers, if they've chosen kind of iffy ones, they all end up on our site and they end up nicking our stuff without their employer realizing. We've also had people basically read out our blogs as their own Facebook lives, passing off our stuff as theirs and thinking that because it was in a different medium, it was okay. We even had somebody join our site, rip off a lot of our content to create their own membership, and then have the nerve to refer to that membership as the only membership site about membership sites. Like, dude, seriously? You know that's not the case. So, this is definitely not the first time it's happened, but this is without question the most severe case of someone stealing our content that we've encountered. This happens to us a lot, particularly plagiarism, so we're very efficient at handling it. And in fact, back in episode 198, so that's at themembershipguys.com slash 198, I actually outlined the whole process we have for handling this kind of situation. Just in case you've had that issue, check it out at themembershipguys.com slash 198. So, this is a pretty damning case for not allowing a competitor or a potential competitor. Again, remember, when she joined, she was a coach who was helping therapists. She only became a so-called membership expert when she had this treasure trove of content that she could nick and then call herself a membership expert. So this wasn't an existing competitor. But it's a, it's a damning case against allowing competitors into your membership, right? Well, not necessarily. I still don't think, even despite how bad this was and despite how often stuff like this does happen, it doesn't override all the things that I talked about earlier. There's still a lot of positives from not closing yourself off to the prospect or the idea of having competitors in your community. As we said, we have a bunch of people in our membership that, if I were more cynical, we might have kicked out because they dared to tread on our territory as the membership guys. However, if we'd done that, we'd be missing out on the value that they bring to our site, the referrals they send us, the increased awareness that comes from having them in the space, the contributions they make inside our community. However, you can bet your backside that when each and every one of those people joined, we had that initial period where we were watching those guys a little bit closer, and I'm pretty sure they'll know that. Truth is, the sort of people who behave the way that the woman I talked about behaved, they're not really competitors. Because their willingness to do something like this is indicative of deeper issues on their end. Which means they're not going to last very long in this space. They're going to get rumbled, they're going to get found out. Or they're just so lazy that they're never going to put in the work to become successful. I always say, lazy never lasts. By that I mean people who are so lazy that they would rip someone else's content off rather than come up with their own ideas. That they would repackage someone's premium material as their own rather 
then sit down and actually create their own courses, create their own worksheets. That mentality is not a one which is conducive to long-term success. They may get away with it for a short period of time, but ultimately in the long run, they're going to disappear. They're going to move on to the next thing. So they're not really competitors. They may be now, but give it a year or so, they're going to be gone. So that's the one little bit of peace of mind that you can take when this happens is that this person is very unlikely to win in the long run because real competitors, the people who will potentially be challenging you for your audience's time, money, and attention over the long term, they don't need to do that sort of stuff. When it comes to our competition in the membership space, we literally never have cause to worry that they'll steal our content, our real competitors. We know that they're not going to steal our content. They don't need to because they've got their own experience, their own knowledge, their own expertise to draw on. We may be directly competitive. There may be stuff we disagree with that they do and vice versa. We may not like everything about what each other does and we'll likely never be friends with some of these people in our space. But there's always that level of respect. There's always a professionalism there where you wouldn't dream of ripping each other off. The people who don't have that respect, the people who aren't professionals, who don't have any pedigree or any expertise in your field, the ones who have no class, no respect, and they're looking for shortcuts, they're never going to succeed, and they're not competitors. And so, by being extra vigilant, you should be able to spot these people, should be able to shut them down, but ultimately, it's people like this, if these are the people that are stopping you from being open, from being receptive to the idea of allowing competitors to join your membership, then maybe and hopefully today's episode has given you some other perspectives to think about when it comes to the positives that can actually come from having these guys in your community. Anyway, hopefully this has been an interesting episode. Hopefully it's given you a little food for thought, if nothing else. Hopefully um, that little glimpse into the sort of issues that your friendly neighborhood membership guys have to deal with from time to time. Hopefully uh, you found that at least interesting and a little bit of a cautionary tale. Sometimes you need to trust your gut. No matter how much you are all about collaborating and not competing, you still have to have your wits about you. You still have to recognize that there are some people out there who are willing to rip you off and who will take shortcuts and who will happily steal from you. Just don't let these people sour you on the idea of being a little more open, a little more collaborative and missing out as a result on the potential positives to your business that come from doing that. That's it from me for this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode of the Membership Guys podcast. If you have, I would love it. I would seriously love it and massively appreciate it if you could take just a minute or two out of your day to leave a quick review in iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it is you use to listen to podcasts. It would mean a lot to me and it helps us to spread the word, to reach more people and to help even more membership owners out there. So if you can take the time to leave a nice, honest, but hopefully positive review of the show, then it would be greatly appreciated. And if you do, be sure to let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Membership Guys, uh, on Instagram at Membership Guy, singular, or on Facebook in our Facebook group. Just let me know if you left a little review so I can thank you personally. Um, yeah, it would be very much appreciated. That is it from me. I am out of here. I'll be back again next week with another installment of the Membership Guys podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out membershipacademy.com. 
The Membership Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. Whether you're still trying to figure out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Membership Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Membership Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. Check it out at membershipacademy.com.